Amen. If you'll stay standing to uh, read the word. My name is Lydia Nels. I'm part of the Blanchard MC. I'm also the volunteer for our kids ministry, the volunteer coordinator. So if you're not in kids, I will find you. And it's a great place to serve. Today we're reading 1 John 1, 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. This is the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. Hey kids, do not leave yet. I got a quick word for you before you head out. It's not a bad word. You're not in trouble. Um, At least not yet. Uh, hey, good morning, guys. We good? Man, that's right. It's like it, it's like cold outside. Like this morning, I thought I might need a jacket today. And so we can celebrate the changing seasons. Man, what an honor. That's right. Yay, that's right. Hey, let's go. Kids, um, remember, we are in the middle of our series, All In. That means not just adults are in or old people, but, but we're, we're all in together. And this has been so cool to see this with our kids. We did all in uh, being generous a few weeks ago. We gave all the kids $5 and getting reports back about kids finding other kids in their neighborhood that need food and going out and buying food for those kids. Or kids hearing about a pizza day at school and giving their money away so kids that can't afford pizza at school can have pizza at school. But our kids learning to be generous as God has been generous to us. Amen. And we looked at how we were all in. We're going to serve. We're going to serve the community. We're going to serve our church. And watching you kids getting chairs last week, um, helping serve the body of Christ, not to be seen, um, but to serve as we are now servants in Christ. And today, we are all in walk in the light. So we first, I preached a few weeks ago, and we gave you guys a flower. Remember that, kids? You got a little flower? And we talked about this flower represents the garden and how at the garden, God made everything perfect, right? And man and woman walked with God in the cool of the day. But then what happened? Sin came. Sin came and it destroyed the fellowship between God and man and man and each other. And what's the first thing that Adam and Eve did when they sinned? They hid. They hid, and they hide it, and they were hiding, and they were hiding. And that is the story that's been passed down from generation all throughout. And now we learn to hide ourselves. But hear this. Kids, look at me. I want you to hear this. Our Father in heaven does not want us to hide. He does not want us to hide. That's why today we're we're all in walking in the light. What does that mean, to walk in the light? What is the next step that kids are being asked to do? Here it is. It's one phrase. 
tell someone. Tell someone. Hear this. I heard a preacher say this. I think it was John Tyson a year ago, talked about his hope for his son as he's a teenager, that if he ever gets caught, if he's ever, if he's ever messed up, that his first thought is not, oh no, my father might find out, but his first thought would be, oh, my father will help me. My father will help me. Kids, hear this. Hayes and Connor, hear this. When you blow it, when you mess up, the heart of your parents is not for you to run and hide. The heart for your parents is to come to them and let them help you. Because our Father in heaven, whenever we sin, he doesn't say run and hide. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I'll give you rest, and I'll help. So kids, here's a challenge. It's a big challenge, kids. This is, like a, this is a big person challenge, and I want you to help lead the way for us as parents as well. That sin that you struggle with, maybe, that thing that you do, that you keep messing up, Maybe it's the tough time at school that nobody knows about. Maybe it's the feelings that you have. I would encourage you, tell someone. I, I would encourage you, tell your parents. When you leave today, go find them and say, Mom and Dad, I've been struggling with this. Because here is an essential practice of following Jesus. It's to walk in the light. And you'll need this practice, kids, the rest of your life. The practice of walking in the light. Kids, you're dismissed. You can go to the back with your friends in the back. With uh, Miss Heather's back there. It's party time with Miss Heather. With Hey Hey, let's go. Hey, as they're being dismissed, uh, let me pray for us. Uh, dear Father, as we uh, open our text today, we look at your word and we think about what you have for us. And uh, when we think about walking in the light, you can feel the room kind of squirm up, Lord, as um, we've become addicted to darkness and hiding, Father. And so here is, here is my prayer for us. Help us see there is freedom on the other side of honesty, that there is life found in walking in the light, Lord. Bless our gathering. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't it interesting how there is one thing that every single person is good at, and that is hiding. Not hide and seek hiding. I was never good at that. But I mean hiding kind of your true self. Is that fair? I, I, what's interesting is any religion, an atheist, a, a Buddhist, a, a whatever, they would all agree with this, that humanity has become experts in hiding kind of who we really are. And if we're honest, we're all good at the hiding thing, aren't we? One of our biggest fears in life is to be exposed. It's like it's the family trait of humanity. We're good at this one thing. But the question is why? Why is it that we as a people have learned to hide so well? And I think, as I told the kids, it does go back to the garden. It goes back to even Genesis 1. It starts with this phrase right here, I'll tell you this, that God created us, it says, in our image. He says, let me create man in our image. And that word our is plural, not singular, correct? And from the very first pages of scripture, we are introduced to a God who is not lonely. 
we are introduced to a God who is three and one. We're introduced to a God who for eternity has lived in perfect fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And out of love created man for further and deeper fellowship with the triune God. We are created, friends, in the image of a relational God. But then we also see in Genesis 2, as he creates man, he said, everything is great. It's very good. And he creates man. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. I want to remind you, there is no sin. God has made everything good. But man being alone is still not good because we are made for relationships, people. But then Genesis 3 comes, right? And humanity is fallen in their sin. They believe the lie of the enemy that says, did God really say this? And they walk away from that fellowship. And the first thing we do in humanity is we hide. We cover up our nakedness. We are ashamed now of who we are. So in my experience, which is limited, but it is some experience. Um, I believe that we, ha- are we good this morning? We good? We good? Okay. Okay. Just making sure. I, I, I get it. I get it's fall break. Like you're like, oh yeah, we got stuff going on. Um, but he, I, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. I truly believe I was with God this morning that there is an essential word for you this morning, for all of us this morning. And here's the thing. I think there is three kind of selves that we live in today. First is the, is this, it's the false self. It's the false self. This might resonate. This is the self that projects and shows people how good you think you want them to see you as, while on the inside you are just like wasting away. This is the self that works so hard to look good that works so hard to prove your worthiness, that looks so good as you're empty inside. This is the false self that leads us to debt. Because you're trying to prove how much you've arrived as an adult. So you get this and you get this and you get this. Say, look at me, look at me. It's this false self. It's this false self Hear this, because I think we live in this world, friends, that leads to religious burnout. I think many of us here, and if I'm honest, sometimes me included, we are way too tired, more tired than we should be. And it's because we're living as a false self. And we are trying so hard to prove to each other and to God that we're good enough. That's an exhausting life, friends. I was thinking this morning about this, this, this idea and this point, and I was brought back to when my false self was exposed even a few weeks ago as I was getting ready to preach. I don't even remember this. I was talking about walking with God, and I dismissed the kids, and my beautiful gift from God, middle son, said, nobody's listening to you anyways, Dad. He yells that out in front of the whole church as I'm getting ready to preach. And I'm like, well, here we go. I am naked and ashamed. I was exposed as like, in this moment, here was my fear. And you all get this. 
oh gosh, I'm a bad father, and they all just saw it. Isn't that the fear? That the false self works so hard to never be seen as not this pretty version. And then a middle child ruins it, doesn't he? They just ruin the illusion. And you feel like, and I had to preach. I was like, oh, God is good. Let's pray. <laughs> it's real, isn't it? The false self. But what's interesting in the church world, hear this. We tend to celebrate the false self. So, oh, man, look at their life. I want to be like that. Having no idea on the inside, they're withering away. There's the false self, and then there's the shadow self. Typically what happens is we start as the false self and we're working and proving and working and proving and it never ends and we're just in so much pain and we're so exhausted, we turn to the darker things. We get so tired of pretending and still not being fulfilled and then we medicate with sinful, unhealthy things like more debt, alcohol, pornography, binge watching, social media we just we kind of get away and we get alone and this shadow self is just free to roam around and do whatever they want to because we're so exhausted from pretending and we get alone and the worst things come out and nobody knows about these things See, where the church might celebrate the false self, this picture of religion, this picture of all the things, and we look so pretty, and we have the Instagram, and we just come every Sunday, and our Bible's the right Bible, and our words are the right words, and the church loves the false self. But if we dare, if we even come close to showing the shadow self, the church says, no, 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 no. We don't want any of that. Those kind of sins are not acceptable here. Shadow self, you run. I don't want you anymore. This is a typical pattern in the church. Hear this. The false selves wear themselves out, leads to the shadow self, disqualify themselves from the body of Christ and just stop doing the church thing. The false self is exhausting and the shadow self we have no grace for. And it's all because of this, friends. Our hearts long for one thing true, naked, and unashamed fellowship. That's a metaphor. We long to be truly known. I've heard this recently, that the definition of friendship is to be fully known and fully loved. And at the, at the core of all of us is that we would have people, a God in heaven, a brother or sister, a spouse, who fully sees, but also fully loves. That right there is what your heart is longing for, which leads to the last self. And what my prayer is for us today, it's the new creation self. See, this is the self that is fully known and fully loved. It's where this person, this self, is defined by who God says they are and the work of the Christ on the cross and not by their sins not by their insecurities, not by their failures. This is the person that boasts in their weaknesses, who understands their best weapon in fighting sin is not to hide that sin, but to confess and expose that sin. That's a new creation kind of person. 
and here's the here's the the gift from God is that you have met that person probably in your life. It's typically the person that has um, their shadow sins, their shadow self has come to light. And by God's grace and the exposure of the hidden sin and the shadow self, they, they learn the grace of God and the mercy of God and the love of God in ways that the false self never begins to see and to feel and understand. Because you're exposed. And when you're exposed, you have no hope except the hope of Jesus. And this person you've met, they're the person who like just freely talks about their sins and their screw-ups and their hang-ups because their identity is not in those things but in a risen and forgiving and merciful Savior, correct? It's because they're walking in a deeper kind of fellowship. Here is the good news, friends, today. We're going to deeper waters. Don't you want deeper waters? Aren't your shins just Let's get the waist a little wet too, not just the shins, right, friends? Like there is more for us as we move deeper and deeper, and deeper fellowship is possible today, but it does take vulnerability. It does take what I would say is some humility, what I would say is, in a sense, a risk we feel of being exposed. Don't leave me. Don't Listen, I, I know this. Um, I talk to many people and is we start talking about these things and in your fear, you're gonna have your heart shut down. And, and my prayer is that we don't, we don't miss this and how we get there. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John 1, our friend Lydia read this a few minutes ago. And I wanna remind you, this passage, this letter is written um, by the very fast man named John who was very close to Jesus that was an inside Bible joke. If I get to that real quick, First um, John one, this passage is written in a context where there are these Christian teachers that that are exposing the church to some to some false news, and these teachers they claim to have a sinless nature. It was kind of they had two extremes with these teachers in this that John's writing to. One is. They could sin in their flesh. They could do fleshly sins, but it, they would say it did not change um, their heart. It didn't matter if they sinned in the flesh because they were already saved. So they could go and sin all they wanted to. That was one extreme. And the second was that they don't have a sin nature anymore. That they don't struggle with sin anymore. And so John is exposing both of these lies. But what's interesting is how we hear this saying, oh, we know that's not true, that there's no sin nature. And we, we know that you can't just sin all you want to. We, we say these things with our mouths, but I think we tend to actually live our lives in accordance of these things. You know, this thought, as long as our beliefs what we profess to believe are correct, or what we said at some prayer at an event years ago, then God should leave us alone then and should bless us. That the real point of our faith is this prayer we made and beliefs we espouse, but the way our hearts feel and our lives are led have no relevance at all. And what my friend John is saying today, that is a complete lie. 
Let's look at our passage again. Let me read it again. 1 John 1, verse 5. John says this. This is the message we have heard from him. Reminder, John walked with Jesus. He was the beloved disciple, the one that Jesus was maybe closest to. And he, so he was with God and declared to you, God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. Verse six, if we say we have fellowship with him, yet we walk in the darkness, these false teachers who said, listen, we're in the fellowship, but we're gonna do what we wanna do. He's saying this, we are lying and not practicing the truth. Verse seven, if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse eight, if we say we have no sin, once again, this is those saying they have no sin nature. We are deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us. You're a false teacher. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, amen, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, it gets more and more damning. It says we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That's pretty heavy from the apostle John. Look at verse seven one more time. It says here, if we walk in the light, if we walk as known people, if we walk as open books, as he himself is in the light, what it is, we live what I call incongruent lives, where what happens in secret or what we say in public many times does not line up with our actions or our hearts. But Jesus lived a perfectly congruent life. And as we live honest lives, what Jesus constantly does is make our lives more and more congruent, more and more whole, more and more free. It says, then we have fellowship with one another. There's this fellowship with the Godhead and fellowship amongst us as brothers and sisters. So here's our big idea today. Walking in the light is walking in fellowship. Your soul is made for fellowship with your creator. Your soul is made for fellowship with one another. Your soul is made to be known. And that only happens, this kind of fellowship, as we walk in the light, as Jesus walked in the light. Hear this, friends. This is not a dark hallway that we walk alone. Jesus came first, didn't he? And he walked that path as perfect light so that we could just walk right beside him. You are not alone, church. The fellowship that we long for is only found as we follow in his footsteps of walking in the light. But there's three things that we have to understand about this fellowship, about walking in the light to truly experience the freedom and the joy that God has for us. The first is right here. And this is kind of one-on-one in a Christian world, but I want to hear it again, is that sin breaks fellowship. 
Sin breaks fellowship. This started in the garden, right? With believing the lie. Did God really say? Believing the lie of the enemy, we step away from the light and our relationship is marred. Uh, Verse 6 says, yet we walk in darkness. It says that we are lying that we can't simply live this life of sinning and hiding, of sinning and hiding, of sinning and hiding, of sinning and hiding, and truly believe that we are in the fellowship that God has promised us. Many times, the reason we're not experiencing the joy of our salvation, the freedom that God has promised, is because we're too busy hiding in the dark, and we don't experience the joy of the light. Verse 8 says, we deceive ourselves. And church, I probably see this more than anything in, in my experience in pastoral ministry. The more that we sin and hide, the more deceived we become. Here's how. This is how you start off saying vows to a spouse that are for life. And years later of sinning and hiding, you walk away angry. That doesn't happen overnight, friends. Or we experience the joy of God's salvation in a season, but over months and years of hiding and sinning and hiding and sinning, and we wonder why the joy of our salvation is gone. It's because we're literally walking in darkness because sin breaks fellowship. Sin, sin corrodes, sin deceives. And we see this in our actual relationships, in our, in our flesh and blood relationships. Don't try this. Try sinning against your spouse. And when they tell you that you have wronged them, you just keep lying and hiding from them what you've actually done. You, you gaslight them, so to speak, right? You, you, try that with your spouse or, or with your best friend and, and talk to me about how the fellowship in that relationship's going right now. It doesn't go well because whenever we offend someone, when we rebel against someone, that's one thing. But to actually lie and hide in the midst of that, it destroys relationships because sin breaks fellowship. The issue is this. We think that only a little bit of darkness is okay. It's, it's the, it's the um, little bit of leaven principle, isn't it? Hear this, if you're making me a cake and there's a little bit of poop in there, I'm not eating the cake, right? But we tend to think, amen, we tend to think, it's a terrible illustration, it's not for youth group, I'm not in youth, it's not Wednesday night, but y'all got it. But here's the thing, don't we functionally believe this? We think if we live in the gray, we're doing better than most people when God's called us to live in the light. The gray is darkness. The gray is darkness. Hear this. The gray is slavery. The gray destroys fellowship. The small, unconfessed sin destroys fellowship. And here's why. Because sin always escalates, doesn't it? 
the hidden, dark, gray sin escalates. It goes from no one knows that your walk with God is stagnant. You tell no one. You stop really finding God in his word. You stop talking to God in prayer. Maybe a person offended you in the church and you just can't understand why that happens, and that's a real thing. And so you stop kind of just walking with God. And then, you know, life is busy. I'm going to stop gathering on a Sunday. I might come once a month, once a quarter. And then what happens is you kind of get bored with life because you're, you're made for so much more, friends. You're made for this deep fellowship. You're made for great purposes, and you're kind of disconnected from that power source. And you start finding other things. You start finding hidden things, and you look up, and your whole belief system has changed because sin destroys fellowship. The hiddenness, the little, the gray destroys fellowship over and over. I'll be, uh, I'm going to be a little forward. I, I believe there's people in this room today who have not fully left their spouse, fully left the faith, fully given yourself over to whatever that thing is. But man, you sure are flirting. And if you're honest with yourself, you see it progressing. You see it having more of a hold of your heart, of your time, your thoughts, of your money. And I think it's God's grace and mercy you're here today to hear this. Sin destroys fellowship. But there's good news. And it's rooted in our understanding of who God is. Because it is true. It's very true that sin destroys fellowship. It breaks it. Ephesians 2, right? But God. But God. But God. So the key for us is that we have to rightfully understand God. Go to verse 5. This is a verse my entire life that has made me get, like, rebaptized. You know those verses, those preachers, you know, at the, at the youth camp, like last night, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to hell. I want to get baptized again, that thing. Just me, uh, just us old Baptists. That's fine. That's fine. I'll stand in it proudly. I've been baptized 17 times. How many times have you been baptized? I am clean, friends. Verse 5. This is the message. Remember, they walked with Jesus. They walked with him. They saw him live. They saw him eat. They saw him cry. They saw him laugh. They saw him dance. They walked with the God-man. It's incredible, isn't it? And hear this. We declare to you. He declares to us, God is light. And that's good news. And then we hear this. And there's absolutely no darkness in him. And the enemy comes right into my soul, right into my space, says this right here. Well, Jason, you're pretty dark. Uh, Jason, do they know about that? Well, I've seen you do this. I I see how that tone changes with your kids. I I see how you spend your money sometimes. I I see your selfishness. I I see your shadow self. I see your your false self. I see those things. There's definitely darkness in you, Jason Wood. 
And this right here says that there's no darkness in him. So I guess that you're not really in him. And that just leads to like real fear, doesn't it? Anxiety, stress, exhaustion. And it's because we misunderstand God. And I hope today that we get a right picture of who our father is. Because hear this, hear this, hear this. A right picture of who he is, the father in heaven, will change everything, friends. It'll change everything. Hear this. He is light. He is light. And so understand this second point. Sin breaks fellowship. God restores fellowship. God restores fellowship. Remember I told the kids before they left, don't hide from your parents. Like, my, listen, my kids are going to blow it one day. They're going to do things they should not do. And my prayer is that when they do those things, they don't hide from me out of fear. They come to me for help and restoration. Amen? That's the heart of a parent, isn't it? Is it not? This is not kids go and sin all you want to. It's the, this is how you deal with these things. Hear this. Our Father is the exact same. In our sin, when we sin, he does not move further away. He comes closer to us. When we sin, he sees us sinning. He sees us becoming wayward. He sees us running. He does not go away in shame holding his nose. He moves forward with his arms open saying, come home to the light. Because God restores fellowship. Here is the hope I see, is that our Father is light, that God is light in a dark, and a weird, listen, yesterday, the news of what's going on in the Middle East, it is heavy what is happening, and it's like, Father, this is so dark. Hear this today, God is light. God brings hope. He is different. He is completely holy. This picture of light speaks to his perfection. Remember, John saw this man live. John watched him walk on this earth, being completely mistreated, yet never sinning. Pouring himself out, being tired, yet never sinning. He is perfect. He is holy. He is righteous. He is a roaring lion that came to defeat sin and death and one day will fully defeat the enemy of sin and death because he is a ferocious, roaring, holy lion. God is light. He hates the darkness. But hear this, the light of God is not meant to repel. The light is meant to show the way. Because the light, hear this, in John's earlier uh, 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 gospel, he says this, the light has overcome the darkness. And hear this, the light of God is the only thing that overcomes the darkness of our sin. It's the only thing. The light has overcome the darkness. And we see this further picture of how God restores here in 1 John 2. Go to verse 1, please. He says here, my little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. 
This is so helpful. John tells us right away, here is why I'm writing this. There's these false teachers that are confusing you about the nature of sin. I am writing you this letter to help you not sin, to help you understand how to not sin, how to walk in the light. Hear this, but if anyone does sin, because we're going to sin, we have an advocate. Please underline that word advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We're getting back to that in a second. Ooh, I can't wait. Verse two, Jesus, he himself is the, not a, not one of, not an option. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Hear this, friends. Your desire to make yourself clean, to become known, to walk in the light, there's one way, there's one person, there's one thing. It is he himself, the atoning sacrifice. Hear this. He is our atonement, which means this. He has restored our fellowship. In Christ, we are seated in the heavenly realm. Amen. Right? It's finished. It's who you are. That's your position. That's your clothing. That's your family name. You are now in the club through him. He was the light, right? He was perfect. And as you place your faith in him, God says, okay, you're adopted. As we surrender our will, we surrender the self to him and trust in his work, we are now in. We have fellowship. But also, in the midst of this world, as our position is set, yet we still fall. Is that true for you? True for me. We're all on the same page. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. We all mess up. Hear this. He is our atonement, our atoning sacrifice. But second, he is our advocate. He is our advocate, which means he is restoring our fellowship. Because we, we have this perfect position. We are seated with him, yet we keep getting out of the seat. We're like the kid in like, you know, that just sit still, please. Just wait right here. And they keep getting up. They keep getting up. Like, no, sit down. But what we have is we have this perfect advocate. So many times when I sit and I counsel with people, here's what I see. I see that person is the judge. Then themselves for their own life are the judge and the prosecuting attorney. They'll tell you how terrible they are, how unworthy they are, how they have no hope, how they've done this, how they've done that. And I just say, whoa, 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 who made you the judge? Who made you the lawyer? All those kind of things. There's one judge, there's one advocate, it's not you. Jesus Christ is your advocate. Church, hear this today. This is a reason to shout. Jesus Christ is your advocate. Listen, the person who left that wound on you, that you now think that's who you are, they are not your advocate. You yourself who have fallen over and over and over, you are not your advocate. There is one person, the perfect lamb of God, who was the light in the midst of darkness, who overcame the darkness, says, no, 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 I am Jason's advocate now. He is mine. I love him. Let's walk in fellowship. Just come to me. He is our advocate, and he's restoring the fellowship that we keep breaking. How good, that is good news, isn't it, church? It's not fair. It's not right. 
Mm. We desire, catch my breath here, old man, old man. Listen, we desire fellowship. Uh, You desire freedom even more than your words can express. But here's the hope today. We have to stop believing that the answer to our sin is to further hide. We believe this. We believe the best weapon, the best medicine, the best avenue to our sin is to hide more. Do we not? It's how we functionally believe. But we have to believe this and see this, that the answer to our sin is to simply bring it into the light. And listen, and let the light of God's holiness and mercy and love burn away the darkness. Let the Father's love, his compassion, just burn away. So sin breaks, God restores. What's our response? How do we fight with God? Let's go to verse 9. Verse 9, if we confess our sins. You knew I was going there. He is faithful, he's righteous, yours might say just, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if sin breaks, if God restores, honesty deepens. Honesty deepens fellowship. What I would even say is that honesty sustains and keeps fellowship. The thing that breaks most relationships is dishonesty. It's hiding It's shame. It's all those things. But honesty deepens. When we begin to fall away, honesty brings us back into fellowship. It's what keeps us. Honesty and confession are the weapon against your sin. Hiding and lying are the furthering of our path into sin. It's that simple. It's that simple. If you want freedom today, and teenagers, uh, you live in a, in a in a world that I did not grow up in uh, back in the in the nineties. Oh man, that dates me. Um, it's really annoying when y'all y'all were born like in two thousand ten. That's really frustrating. Um, but y'all are growing in a different kind of world, and the how do I say this? The ability for you to live in the shadows and to hide are just so numerous. Teenagers, if you're here and you've already blown it, if you've seen things, if you've said things, if you've done things, if you're feeling things that make you want to run and to hide, can I plead to you as this old man who loves you, run to the light, run to the light, might be awkward. You might hesitate doing it, but I promise you this, there is freedom on the other side of honesty. And there are parents, there are adults, there are leaders who are literally praying and begging on your behalf that you'd walk in the light. That same is true for us adults, us old people in the room, that the freedom that you desire, uh, the fellowship you desire, the word that I would really use is the wholeness of, Don't you want a congruent life? 
a life lived out of the shadows. It's only found in honesty. But hear this, you're not being honest to a harsh father. You're not being honest to a father who's gonna further push you down. You're being honest to a father who loves you and has the ability to actually change you. But it comes on the other side of honesty. It's the path to freedom. Honesty with, with God, and, and, I, and I think a lot of us, we're okay with honesty with God. But there's this other thing about being honest with each other. Uh, James 5. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Confession to God cleanses us. Confession to one another heals us. It heals us. You know what confession one another does? It's a tangible reminder of God's covenantal love. You want to know a super... You know, uh, a supernatural thing that I see in the life of our church. You know, I'm not saying we have healings every week. I, I pray that people are healed. I'm not saying we have all this happen, but I will tell you this. When a brother sits down with another brother and they finally let it out. Have you ever been there? Where you've been exhausted in hiding and you finally just tell someone and you confess to that brother and that brother doesn't budge. And in that moment, you experience the tangible love of the Father through that brother in Christ. Friends, that is supernatural, holy ground. That's a ground of freedom. And that's the offer today. It's like, do we want to walk in that freedom? It takes that kind of honesty. Because this kind of honesty, if we're honest, takes this, uh, this curse word called vulnerability. It requires us to be vulnerable. See, I, I used this in our, with our men last week at our men's retreat. We're good at sharing. We're not good at vulnerability. Let me walk you through this. Men, if you heard this, get over it. <laughs> sharing is this. It's men. We can do it to each other, can't we? Sharing says this. Man, I'm struggling in my marriage. Being vulnerable says this. Our shouting woke up the kids last night and somebody threw something. Sharing says this. I'm really stressed at work. Being vulnerable says this. I'm taking pills to fall asleep because otherwise I cannot settle down. Sharing says this. I'm struggling with passion in my walk with God. Being vulnerable says this. I'm starting to think this whole faith thing might just be fiction. Sharing says this, my wife and I are going through a rough patch. Being vulnerable says, I'm flirting with a colleague at work on a text change. There is a difference between sharing and being vulnerable. In church, I'm going to lovingly tell us this, we have got to grow the vulnerable muscle so we can walk in freedom in the light of Jesus Christ. There is freedom on the other side of this. But this has to be a rhythm of your life, friends. This, here's this. We're not swimming in waters that send us towards being vulnerable and walking in the light. The current pushes the other way. This takes being intentional and being consistent. 
This has to be a rhythm of a follower of Jesus. It's, it doesn't say we walk in the light. We are walking in the light. It's an ongoing thing. Listen, my prayer for our church is that every person in here has a person that, is, that, that fully knows them and fully loves them. And, and once a week, they're on a phone call, they're at a coffee shop, and they're just walking through the sin in this world, and they're dropping off the backpack of sin and shame so they can walk in the light together. That kind of relationship is possible, friends. It's what God offers his church for us to walk in. But I, I think that we, that feels overwhelming, and I, I understand that. So today, we're going we're gonna to go all in together, is my, my request as a pastor, is I want every single person in here. Listen, you're given a connection card. Go ahead and pull it out, please. With all love, all respect, pull it out. How do we walk in? And that's the phrase I told the kids earlier. Tell someone. Tell someone. This is you risking exposure. So first, I would encourage you, tell God. We're going to pray in a moment. Uh, we're going to have communion. We're going to have time for you to talk to God. And I would encourage you to be like sloppy, I'm, the, I'm one of the psalmists kind of honest. We have to be honest with God. The greatest thing your father wants is you. He wants all of you. Bring your mess to him. I promise you he'll clean you up. We have to tell God what is going on to be cleansed from the sin of our unrighteousness. Second, a further step, tell a spiritual leader. This is a pastor. This is a spiritual mentor. This could be a, a Christian counselor. Tell someone. If you don't feel safe, telling someone from this church, find a Christian somewhere else and tell someone. Expose the darkness to the light and watch the light win. Please, I am begging you, tell someone because you're walking in bondage and we're promised abundant life. But it comes on the other side of honesty. On your card, you can even write on here, this is just for the pastors. And you can tell us through a card. You can text me. 658-3402. You can text me and say, Jason, I need to talk to you. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Ask my wife. My, when you mess up, I get excited. I know it's really strange, but, but, here, but <laughs> it's a bad pastoral work. But here's why. It's when we mess up, the darkness finally comes out and we can play. Hear this, church. If we're hiding the darkness, we can't play the game. And so let's let it out. Tell someone. Tell God. Tell a spiritual leader. Third, tell a friend. I, I believe that right now during this prayer time, our phone should probably come out and we probably should be texting a close friend saying, hey, we need to talk today. Because I am tired of walking in darkness. We were praying earlier um, during our prayer time. <laughs> and Dave was reading scriptures about the light of God and how this idea of as we walk with the light, we become the light. 
I, I want to paint a quick picture for you. Can you imagine in a world, in a community of privacy fences, of garages, of um, unseen debts, unconfessed porn addictions, bad gambling habits, unhealed marriages? What if the 100, 150 adults in this room said, no, we're the people of God and we walk in the light? And we just take a step today and we tell someone. And as we tell someone, we experience that bit of freedom and take another step and walk in more freedom. Can you imagine the light that would radiate our community from us walking in the light? You know what um, organization does no marketing but is always full? It's AA. You see me AA billboards out there? or slick campaigns on social media for AA. But if you go to AA meeting, you know what you know what it's full of? People. Because the church has said your shadow sins aren't welcome here. They had to leave the church. That should, that is so convicting. It breaks my heart that people have to leave the church of Jesus Christ and just find random people to walk through the hardest thing in their life. Friends, we can walk in the light. I am not okay with letting the shadow sins walk out of this door. Are you, friends? I want this to be a place where the darkness is welcome because the light has overcome the darkness. So, friends, tell someone. Tell someone. Let's pray. Uh, dear Father, thank you for your love, for your mercy in my life. I thank you for being a father who is not okay with letting me stay in the darkness. You send rescue brothers and sisters. You send your word. You send your spirit to remind me to keep pulling me back into the light. And Father, I will tell you and tell all my friends here, the light's the only thing that, that works. And so, Father, I just pray for our people right now, Lord, as this could be a really heavy thing to hear and to, and to experience and to take a step in, Father. But many times the heaviest steps lead to the greatest of freedom, Father. As we say that hard things, they can be good things, Father. And so let us walk in the temporary hard so we can experience the eternal freedom. Father, move in hearts today. Let your gentle yet ferocious voice speak to us today. And let us have ears to hear, hearts to feel, and feet to move to follow you. I love you. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Father, guys, we are free to walk in the light because Jesus has already walked in the light. As we celebrate any communion, friends, like his body was broken for us, his blood was shed for us so that the church of Jesus Christ could walk whole. So as you come today, I would really challenge you to not come until you've truly confessed the Father and even taken a step towards even trying to tell someone today, Lord, uh, friends, you're not Lord. You're my friends. 
But hear this, do not waste this fall break gathering where there's this like smaller collection of us because I think God wants to do something special in us today. Listen, if you need someone to talk to, I promise you, there are friends back there that would jump for joy to pray with you today that are a safe person to talk to. So, when you're ready, talking with God, dealing with him, walk in the light and can partake in the freedom and the joy of his table. Amen. Come when you're ready.